Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Busy, busy day. Feels like an understatement. 15 National Hockey League games. Of course, it's Black Friday in the U.S. We had a Black Friday NFL game for the first time. But uh, let's give you a scoreboard update brought to you by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Yegor Sharangovich has uh, tied the game up for the Calgary Flames. They're early in the second period against the Dallas Stars. They are tied at two elsewhere. After the first intermission, the Colorado Avalanche lead the Minnesota Wild 1-0 in that game. I should uh, mention this definitely. This has been quite the story. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury of the Wild, the goaltender, wore a mask for warm-ups on the Minnesota Wild's Native American Heritage Night after being told by the NHL that was not allowed. Fleury's agent, Alan Walsh, confirmed earlier in the day that the league said the mask was a violation of policy prohibiting gear for team theme nights. Uh, Walsh said Fleury offered to pay the fine before the league threatened more serious punishment. The situation is the latest uh, chapter in the league's ongoing controversy with theme games since a handful of players opted out of Pride Night warm-ups last season. You're allowed to use the Pride tape, but uh, the NHL still doesn't want anything, you know, no masks, no jerseys. Fleury says I'm hurt in any way. He did. The word is he's not going to get fined. But he or suspended or anything like that or the organization. But the point was made. I've seen several posts from several people that are in the know. They want you to know because I think the league wants you to know that Mark Andre Fleury still violated the policy. And I say good on you, Mark Andre Fleury. Well done. All right, other scores tonight. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets up one nothing on the. Florida Panthers, Lightning and Hurricanes are late in the second. The Lightning with a 3-2 lead. Islanders now with a 4-3 lead on the Ottawa Senators early in the third period. The finals from today. L.A. Kings 5-2 over the Ducks. The Ducks are the next opponent for the Oilers. Face-off show on Sunday, 5-30. Puck will drop at 7. Eight of the next nine games for the Oilers are on home ice. Montreal Canadiens skate past the Sharks 3-2 in a shootout. The Sabres 3-2 over the Penguins. And, uh, boy, there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games, Derek. Too many, perhaps. Too many, perhaps. I know we've been on the air talking sports since 1130. How great has that been, hey? Fun. It's been a blast today. I love it. Uh, National Predators hammer the St. Louis Blues 8-3. Columbus Blue Jackets 2-1 over the New Jersey Devils. The Blackhawks beat the Leafs 4-3 in overtime. The Rangers, 3-1 winners over the Flyers. The Red Wings, 5-2 over the Bruins. Second time this season, the Bruins have beaten or have lost to the Red Wings. 1-0, the Regina Pats over the Edmonton Oil Kings in Western Hockey League action down at Rogers Place. And uh, earlier today, we had the first Black Friday game in NFL history. And it was all Dolphins, 34-13. I mean, for the longest time, the Jets' only touchdown was the pick six. But there was another pick six as well. Jets quarterback Tim Boyle, at the end of the half, at the end of the half, Derek, throws a Hail Mary to the goal line. Javon Holland picks it off and takes it 99 yards for a touchdown. Wow, that's impressive. Can you believe that? I can't. That's amazing. Holland's Canadian, by the way, and says, boy, it's nice to score. 
Ooh, Scoring even on better. defense is huge. It's rare, very rare. It's hard to get an interception. It's hard to get a uh, pick six. So when I had the opportunity, I was like, oh, yeah, I need that. And then everybody blocking in front of me, I knew they felt the same thing I felt. I'm, I'm trying to get in the zone. And Jets quarterback Tim Boyle said, I didn't get enough on the ball. Momentum's our way, and we had, I think, one second left. And wanted to see if we can get in the end zone. Uh, they did a good job of uh, keeping the rush. Um, you know, I tried to get out of the pocket to the right, and by the time I got it up, I didn't feel like I got enough on it. So I watched the play, and look, I've seen Hail Marys, you've seen Hail Marys, Derek, and usually it's a, it's a sea of just chaos where the ball's thrown up and receivers are jumping for it, the defensive backs are jumping for the ball. So what happened on this occasion is, I don't know what the Jets receivers were thinking. They basically drift into the end zone, and they leave Holland as the closest man to the ball. Oh, really? Now, receivers are coached. Look, if you can't get the football, knock the football down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I've, I've seen this before where I remember a game when Edmonton was playing Calgary, Labor Day rematch. I can't remember which year it was, but anyway, it was the old uh, Hail Mary and... The defensive back was too high, so he jumps, and his angle was all wrong, and the Stampeders scored a touchdown. Oh, no. So you got to stay where the ball is. Yeah, that's right. And only one man did. That was Javon Holland. So uh, the Jets are terrible. And I laugh at these reports about, you know, Aaron Rodgers might come back. Yeah, I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers says, I'm only coming back if if it's meaningful. So he's not going to come back for anything. Yeah. Uh, mention the free agent list for the Edmonton Elks, and uh, not just the Elks, but everyone else. So I find the list uh, pretty manageable for uh, Chris Jones and uh, G. Roy Simon. Uh, so the pending free agents are defensive lineman and Canadian Sam Achenpong, receiver Emmanuel Arsenault, uh, Canadian right tackle Brett Boyko, Ed Ganey defensive back, uh, running back fullback Tanner Green, Aaron Grimes, Thomas Jack Cardilla, Canadian on the O-line, Tony Jones, who played very well at uh, both the will and middle linebacker spots at times for Niles Morgan. A.C. Leonard had a pretty good year at the DN position. Kyron Moore, excellent year, I think. Led the league in yards after catch, and I think someone that is very important for Trey Ford just to get the football out of his hands and, and get some yak yards. Cole Nelson. Donovan Alumba played the last couple games, uh, defensive back. Lucius Pierfoy, I thought he was outstanding, uh, either at safety or linebacker. Another linebacker, Canadian Jordan Reeves, uh, Josiah Shackle. Uh, those two are uh, special teamers. Daniel Ross on the D-line, Josiah St. John, and Sam Tomasin, who did not play at all in the O-line because he was hurt. So that's manageable. I've seen 40 names on this list sometimes. So that's, uh, you know, I like what G. Roy Simon is saying. Chris Jones has said it. I think continuity helps. You look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they have continuity. They went to four straight Grey Cups. They won the first two. They lost the last two. They're still pretty good. They have continuity with coaches. They have continuity with players. That's probably going to change, though. I think the band is breaking up to a certain degree. So continuity is good. What bothered me, I'm going to put a little disclaimer on this. What bothered me is in game 17, they had an 18-3 lead against the Bombers. Or sorry, the Alouettes at home. And never scored a point past, what, midway point 
of the second quarter. Imploded. And we saw that too much in the final four games. So I'm going, okay, continuity is good. You want to take this young core and move it along. There won't be rookies anymore. And there is a line in football, Derek. Even when you are a rookie within your rookie season, by about game nine, you're not a rookie anymore. (laughs) I think some took that to heart and some didn't. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of good play from their secondary. You know, Kai Gray was the West nominee for most outstanding rookie. Mm -hmm. Thought he was good. Bratton was good. Marcus Lewis before he got hurt. But it's just, you know, you got to learn to have that mindset of whatever happens, we're just going to move on. Yeah. Can't dwell on the on the hardships. No. And I think even Trey Ford learned that. As good as he was, he's got to refine himself better as a passer. Mm -hmm. Or they just need to find an offense that suits him. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to get closer to that because I thought Jarius Jackson did a good job as offensive coordinator. Now he's got a full offseason. And uh, Chris Jones said at the end of the season, Trey Ford goes into camp as the number one. It's a competition. I don't think they want to say, Taylor Cornelius, bye. I think they see value. Jared Daigie's around. Who knows who else is around? So we'll see what happens there. Um, I also like to play this game. I apologize for my voice. So the Alouettes won the Grey Cup. How close are the Elks to the caliber of the Alouettes or even the Bombers? I think I touched on the Bombers. We had Justin Lawrence on the show, Spruce Grove product, two-time Grey Cup champion, won consecutive years as a starting center in the league with the Yargos last year and the Alouettes this year. They were 6-7 and seven at one point, folks. I looked at them and I said, they're not good enough. All they can do is beat bad teams. They're teams that are not, you know, under 500 and maybe they're okay, but they're not that good. Second tier, you know, bottom tier teams. Sadly, the Elks are in that category. But you know what? They won eight in a row. Belief is a powerful thing. And they had it in spades. All kinds of belief. Tons of belief. And also defiance and said, I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to win. Reminded me of the 2005 team here in Edmonton that won. That uh, Jason Moss, the head coach, and I'm so happy for Jason Moss, wins a great cup for the first time as a head coach and has grown so much as a head coach. You know, big part of that 05 team. Reminded me a lot of what we saw there with this Alouette's team, except they didn't win in a row. But they believed and they kept believing. So I look at the team and I go, they got to work on, you know, the Elks have to work on their belief. They have to work on their confidence. They have to work on the fact that if bad things happen, get over it. There were a number of occasions where I said in the Grey Cup game watching, the Owls are not going to win today. When they were down 10 nothing, when they couldn't punch it in from the one to end the first half and down by 10 again. When the Bombers scored to get the lead late in the fourth, when Cody Fajardo was sacked on the game-winning drive on the first play, but then that was it. He fought back and he rushed for 17 yards. He threw a long pass on a third and four to Cole Speaker and then found Antonio Pipkin, or sorry, Antonio Pipkin. What did he bring up Antonio Pipkin for? There's a Ryder fan putting... Thoughts into my head. Anyway, it was Tyson Philpot 
13-yard touchdown or 19-yard touchdown, 13 seconds to go. I don't look at the Owls' offense and I go, wow, they're scary, but they're efficient when they need to be. That's what the Elks need to be with Trey Ford. I think they got the pieces. Most of the receiving core is coming back. They got the running back in Kevin Brown. Offensive line needs to improve, take a step. Defensively, though, oh, my gosh. This is the area where they need to improve so badly. They gave up like 27 points per game. That's not Chris Jones' defense. They have good players. Jake Serez is a good player. You know, A.C. Leonard's a good player. I thought Noah Curtis had a good first year. You know, Niles Morgan's a good player. Tony Jones is a good player. In the secondary, we talked about Kai Gray, Bratton. Will Ed Ganey come back? Will Donovan Alumba come back? Special teams have to improve, but there is some good young pieces there. They finally got a touchdown on a kick return from Deontes Alexander. Wow, that's amazing. So how far away are they? You know, I would say on offense, they're, they're in the ballpark. On defense, they got to get so much better. They're not even close. Special teams, same. That's what I would say. 780-496-0063. We have some calls, but I think I need a break. Let's do that right now on 630 Chat Inside Sports. I want a girl with a short skirt and a long jacket. Hi, this is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight. Oh, my voice appears to come back. I had to go give it a stern talking to, Derek. And uh, Yeah. Anyway. It seems to have worked. Here we are. <laughs> but how long will it last? Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Oh, it's happening again. Uh, Oilers win 5 nothing on Black Friday. Break a three-game losing streak. They next play on Sunday against the Anaheim Ducks. Mike is on the line. It's nice to get a call. Hello, Mike. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. I was just listening to your Elks talk. Definitely uh, going to be an interesting offseason for sure. I know they've got the Elks have, what, the 1st, the 10th, the 18th, the 19th, and the 21st picks. And I think they can really do a lot of interesting things this uh, offseason. Um, Cornelius, actually, he um, he's due a roster bonus in January, correct? Um, well, he's got uh, probably, uh, I well, he's got guaranteed money coming to him, right? Because he signed that uh, two-year deal in 22, and the second year was 50% guaranteed, and I've heard it's Somewhere between one hundred and one hundred thirty thousand dollars, so that's locked in. So if the Elks cut him, there that that money's still on their cap, right? So, well, could could they resign though? Could they could they cut him to to save the bonus and then no. resign off that? Well, they could cut him, but they still owe him that money, right? So yeah, yeah, okay, because yeah, the first overall pick off the scouting bureau was that Curtis Rourke from, uh, which is Nathan's brother. Yeah. And it'll be interesting, interesting to see it, like where he goes. Like I've heard Curtis Rohr could be a day two draft in the NFL. So if that happens, his stock's going to go down. But he's definitely someone that I think teams are going to look at. And there's a lot of people that think he's a better thrower than Nathan Rourke. And Nathan Rourke, I think, is a better round, all-around player. But, I mean, Curtis Rourke just broke some records here playing for Ohio. So um, interesting pick for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one, and then the the two top t- Canadian tight ends, that Tanner McLaughlin, that's he's from uh, Arizona. He's actually on pace, I think, to even beat Gronkowski's records mm-hmm. in Arizona, which would, he'd be a great addition. Or that Theo Johnson from Penn State. Those are two really top tight ends, and with with Tanner Green becoming a free agent now, that really opens things up there. Yeah, no question. It will be interesting, and we, you know, we've heard Chris Jones say, in, in, you know, most recently, especially at the end of the season, they don't plan to be busy around free agency because they're, you know, they're going to bring back most of this roster. Uh, but you know yeah. that there's going to be things can change in the off season. We've seen it before. So, but I would suspect that uh, we're going to see more strategic moves and not see the kind of moves we saw the last uh, couple, you know, free agencies where. You know, you're doling out all kinds of cash for a receiver and that sort of thing, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm excited to see what they'll do with uh, the the University of Alberta kid, Matthew Peterson. He was up for the 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 league MVP for can for for U Sport and was the Canada West nominee as a running back. If he was able to stay in Edmonton, that'd be pretty awesome too. Absolutely, Mike. Nice chatting else yeah. with you. Appreciate Thank you very it. much. Uh, yeah. And, and, oh, and congratulations, too. We hope we're going to get uh, Chris Morris on next week. You have a Golden Bears head coach, but named you Sports Coach of the Year. Outstanding. 6-2 and two, and so close to winning the Hardy Cup, uh, losing to UBC, who are playing the Montreal Carabin in the Vanier Cup in Kingston. But uh, great job by Chris Morris, uh, for sure. Um, so just a quick thought on the uh, ownership of the Elks. I do believe that by 2025, there will be a private owner. I don't know if it'll be one. I don't know if it'll be a group. I don't know what it'll look like. And, you know, I'm kind of sad about it in some ways because I think there's some pride being a community-owned team. But I think at the end of the day, I think the viability long-term of this franchise is more important than the ownership structure. And the ownership structure, obviously, clearly is important. Community ownership is great until you go through what this team has gone through the last four years. So we'll see what it looks like. We have different kinds of ownership structures in the league. We have single owners who have been great, like Amar Doman and Bob Young, Lions and Ticats, respectively. Uh, Pierre Carpellido has done great things so far with the Alouettes. I mean, they won a great cup. And then you got Oseg, you know, you got groups, Oseg in Ottawa, you got Calgary Flames or Calgary Sp- you know, sports and entertainment, whatever they call it, MLSC with Toronto, whatever you're going to, whatever it looks like. I mean, the key for me is Rick Lollisher, the interim president and CEO, and the board chair, Tom Richards, have said, we need capital, a major capital boost after 24. So, and also another key. To attach to this. Rick Lauscher says there's only been about four groups or people or groups come forward. So he's hitting it while the iron's hot. And it's unfortunate it has to be this way, but it'll be more unfortunate if this franchise didn't exist anymore. So hopefully better days are coming. And as far as the team on the field, I already mentioned that. Oh, I should mention too, the football operations cap will not hamper the team like it did in, in the past couple of years. So there will be some room if they want to add a coach or someone else in football ops, and I think that would be valuable as well. What would be valuable as well is the Oilers get on a hot streak here. They won 5 nothing over the um, Washington Capitals. Looked really good. They, they really did. But a handful of times we have said that. 
and it goes the other way. Well, will it turn? They definitely look like they got their swag back. But can they carry it over? We'll find out Sunday. That's uh, their next game. And it's right here on 630 Chet. Start of eight of nine games at Rogers Place. In the face-off show at 5.30, puck will drop at 7. Monday, Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from 5 to 7. I'll actually be, in it, be uh, riding shotgun with Bob that uh, particular show. Brother Mascot will be back on Tuesday. My voice is going again, so I need to go. Reed Wilkins back on Sunday, and then back in this time slot on Monday, 7 to 8, for 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Derek Scott, thank you, sir. Have a good one.